0: Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And we've got a real cool guest on our show today. This guy, his name is Daryl Turner. And we are doing a Facebook Live because I'm sitting in my office in Toronto. And this guy is on another part of the world. He's hanging out in Switzerland, Daryl, brother, Give us a little bit of background as to uh, who you are, what you do, and why you reached out to us to say,' let's, let's wrap on some stuff on this podcast.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, my name's Daryl. I go by DJ a lot of the times. So it's uh, DJ,
0: just, I dig it, I dig it.
1: Yeah, it's just it, It's really funny. In, in emails, when people respond DJ or versus who responds Daryl, you can see like who read my name somewhere and then who read the signature. Mm. which is like a fun fun little thing, but it doesn't matter. You can call me like literally anything that's close to my name. So I am a Facebook advertising specialist and I kind of expand that title a little bit to client acquisition specialist. But really what I do is I help massage therapists find their ideal client online and really help them create their consistent stream of clients profitably without having to like sell their soul and give into Groupon or go down these avenues that they really don't want to go through. Uh, my whole background story into it is kind of an interesting one. It ties into how I ended up in Switzerland. And like many great stories, of course, there's a young man and there's a love interest um, and me kind of following <laughs> after a girl. So uh, yeah, several years back I was in the online business space. And I think I know we're, we're with massage therapists, but I think a lot of people have dreamed of just like working online and figuring out how to make that work for them. Mm-hmm. I've been teaching I've been teaching music online. Uh, Been pretty successful at it. And I figured out what I needed to do to get my students in my studio. And it's kind of one pivot away. The next piece moved into I need, you know, I was helping friends show like, hey, this is what I did with social media. Here's how you can do this to, to go in your business. And at the same time, um, during some of the music stuff, I had come to Switzerland for a performance as part of a tour, and I met this beautiful Swiss woman. And wait, wait, started... okay,
0: slow this down. Tell me about the music. I know this is kind of off-topic, but we've had a lot of musical people on our podcast before. I play music. I'm curious. Give me the music side of it.
1: Yeah, so it's a it's a really hard thing to explain. Um, I was part of this activity called Drum and Buccal Corps. It's one of those. If you know it, you know it. If you don't, you don't. But the yep. the next closest thing to describe it is it's it's similar to a professional marching band. Yeah. And instantly that sounds kind of dumb, but it's almost like okay, let's take whatever philharmonic the best musicians. And let's all put them through like a military boot camp and then put them in like band uniforms. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a weird combination, but it's a physically demanding activity and we're putting on um big shows in on like fields more or less. Yeah. So I was with a group doing an international tour um this this summer. There's like a whole competitive thing, but this was like a just a show, this a show thing. We were putting on a tour across Europe. Yeah. Um I played tuba with it. And yeah, it ended up leading me to, to meeting the, the woman who is now, now my wife.
0: Nice. So yeah, give us, give us that rundown. So you, you're, you're there with music and you meet the love of your life. I know this has nothing to do with where we were going to (laughs) go. Yeah, I know.
1: No, but it's, it's true. It's, it's kind of the, you know, the true story. And so I, I had met this woman who's the love of my life. And if you've ever done a long distance thing, it's only exacerbated by an ocean being across between us and having to play this tag team of flying back and forth. And I just realized what it honestly was getting kind of just expensive to do this. And I was trying to figure out, like, what how can we make this work so that we can be together? You know, this weird thing of love being this big motivating factor and I, and I said to myself, you know, I figured out myself how I could get more clients, more revenue for my business. I had been helping a couple friends kind of like, you know, I've been kind of good at the social media thing. It seems like everyone and their mother these days is like a, a marketing guru. But what I had realized is if there are other people doing this, then it's probably like a genuine thing that I can look into. As I got into it, I realized, oh, I already have all of these skills Um, let me like, I didn't even know what a marketing agency was when I had already been charging people to Mm -hmm. help them grow their business with social media. So I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to go into it. And the first, um, person who like really took a chance on me was a massage therapist. And I just reached out to her and said, Hey, this is who I am. I do this thing. I'm not going to charge you. If you just pay for your advertising, I, I have this way that I can help you get clients. And we did that and sort of just knocked it out of the park. She'd never advertised before. She was a really small business. In fact, she's one of our clients. She'd stopped for a while and she's a client again now, um, which has been awesome because we kind of helped the whole, ta- almost like the whole town know who she is and mm-hmm. go from struggling. Like, I don't know if I'm going to close my doors in the next month. And this is someone who, like, literally her business is it's a a rented space. A lot of people are in. um, She's in a salon, like, across the street from the trailer park in an area that doesn't really value massage. And we kind of figured out what to do, what to say. And people, you know, really have grown her business. And it's allowed her to now afford to expand a little bit to invest in her education and do more CEs learn some new modalities and start to Mm -hmm. kind of branch out of this space of like I'm just this little spa therapist in the back of the hair salon nice
0: nice that's that's big moves I dig that man
1: yeah and so I I took that and I I kind of left the massage industry for a while I just kind of trying to figure out who was it who was it that I wanted to work with and I went with dentistry and in that space I had been a marketing director with a dental it's like a marketing, business coaching, and education company where I had done some things helping the company grow, but I had also been this like patient acquisition coach and Mm -hmm. I was working in a a high-level mastermind. I was working with like 20 dental offices across Canada, the US, and the Caribbean and helping them build out their patient acquisition systems powered by Facebook ads. Um, And I did that for a while. And then it just wasn't a good fit anymore. And I was thinking, you know, I don't want to do this industry. Why don't I go back to the place where like I kind of got started in this online marketing space it's a place where, honestly, for us, it's relatively easy to get results, which which is really, really good for a lot of reasons, but a, a community that it really needs the help. And they're quite vocal about saying like, I, you know, I went through massage school. I used to work at a spa. I used to work for someone else. And now I'm trying to get my own clients and I have no idea what I'm doing. How can I do this? And I want to make sure people know, not just on the Facebook side of things, but can figure out what to say and how to say it so that. they can have that practice, that business that they've always wanted.
0: Right on. All right, so let's let's start this off. It's not just the Facebook side, but since you did mention Facebook a little bit, let's jump this right into uh give us some give us some ideas on how we can improve what we're doing on say Facebook.
1: Absolutely. So the first thing that people need to understand with Facebook ads really is that Facebook ads are are a tactic. And that they're one of many. I think a lot of people come into this false assumption that if you're spending money on advertising, that automatically makes it good. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my least favorite thing about Facebook is the boost post button because people see that as like their chance to spend 20 bucks or a hundred bucks or whatever. And that they're going to get a ton of business. And I find people saying like, Oh, I tried this and Facebook didn't work. I got burnt by Facebook or whatever. And when I dive into it, one, a lot of times they aren't spending a lot enough money. You know, you spent 10 bucks and it didn't work. That's, that's nothing uh, quite honestly. But two, Facebook is kind of like a Ferrari in a way. Like if you imagine the first car you ever tried to drive was a Ferrari, you might like stall it trying to get out of the driveway and destroy the engine. You would never say, oh, Ferraris are terrible. Ferraris don't work. They're Mm -hmm. a scam. But people treat Facebook like that because they they never learned one how to use the tools, but then they never learned any marketing fundamentals of what they could possibly say or put in an ad that's going to make people actually buy, make a purchase decision.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So let's start here. What should RMT be putting into their Facebook ads? What's the type of content? What's the type of language? What's the type of medium, whether it's text, it's it's video, it's images, that's that sort of stuff. Start us off there.
1: So one of the first things that you have to think about is who is it that I'm trying to attract and what is my goal here? If you're in the pain management side, then fundamentally, you're always about solving problems but I love pain management because you can be really specific about saying something such as I help athletes increase their range of motion and spend less days out of the gym due to injuries, something like that. That's a really simple message. It's really clear the value that you're conveying as a therapist. If you're on the the spa side of things and then the messaging might be something more like, Oh, you're not just relaxation. Maybe you're targeting mothers. And instead of just, oh, come in for a nice relaxation session and say, uh, finally, 30 minutes to not be a mom, to just be yourself again. Come in this mm-hmm. week for a relaxation session at blank price. Uh, so that's one of the first places to start, you know, just knowing you don't have to do this super in-depth research, but just knowing who you're going after and what it is that you do for them. People have to remember while you do massage, you don't, you're don't. you not selling massage in, in the sense where people don't want massage the same way that I don't want to drill, I want a hole in the wall. Exactly. The next level, I don't want a hole in the wall. What I want is to hang up this beautiful picture of my family on
0: the wall. That's, exactly. That's the
1: thing I actually want.
0: We do this a lot. We talk about this a lot because we have an entrepreneurship course. It's an in-class course. And one of the big things that we always highlight is People don't buy stuff. People buy what the stuff does for them. And therefore, if you're going to do your marketing and your advertising to target to certain groups, it's not about the stuff. We, all, we had someone on our podcast before. Her name is Rebecca Overson. And I love one of the things she says all the time. She always uses this as an example. She's like, plumbers do not walk around advertising. I have big wrenches. I have small wrenches. Take a look at my truck and look at all my tools. They advertise, you know, at the solution that they have to the problem that you have you have a leaky faucet. We can fix this.
1: Yeah. This is the thing with, with Facebook ads or the other way people say it is like sell the sizzle, not the steak. Sure. Mm -hmm. If you're doing something that could be niche, I guess, um, like maybe if you're doing cupping, there's a little bit of novelty to cupping right now. And it's something that you can just like say what this is. And people are like, Oh cool. I, I perhaps want to try that. Um, most people doing cupping though are charging like premium prices and It's probably not cheap enough for someone on a whim to to go try it, you know, depending who you're you're going after. But you got to focus on the result that you're trying to go with. Mm -hmm. The next level with Facebook that people have to understand is that Facebook's a push style of marketing. And you're essentially putting an ad in front of someone a lot of times for something that they either didn't know existed or they didn't know that they needed. So be able to take them from being a complete stranger to making a purchase decision really has to be quite strong. And this is where having elements of direct response marketing come in. Anytime, you know, as a marketing agency, when we're taking on clients, we take this approach of like 80% of what we're spending is on come here, buy now. And the other 20% is focused on branding. And I think people easily flip that and they're just saying like, oh, I boosted this post or I'm spending this much the ad's not directing people to take an action and they're wondering why it's not bringing them any results. Mm-hmm. So you, you got to have something that I guess the next level is you got to have an offer. doesn't have to be like this $20 massage, although we, we actually use it as a technique really, really well. Um, it can be $5 off. It can even be, you know, if you're in pain management, you, it, it could be a free consultation. You just have to have like a reason for someone to take action, respond. And I could go like on and on about the the different direct response elements of like scarcity and urgency and you're telling people, okay, this is available. We have 25 spots left and it's only this month. Those are some things you can layer in to make Mm -hmm. your ad more effective and give it a more little direct sort of oomph. But that fundamental goes back to you're solving a problem for someone and now we're gonna craft it in a way that someone reads that and they're like, holy crap, you understand my problem. This is definitely a solution. I need to go and take this opportunity
0: now. I need to not wait for it. You also mentioned you know, people are maybe confused about how Facebook marketing or boosting a post or working ads goes in terms of the money that you spent. What are we looking at to have me? Ma- I know it's probably something that you can't answer in a blanket statement, but generally, what are we saying here? If I've got some of these fundamental tools in place, how much should I be dropping into marketing campaigns on Facebook?
1: Yeah. So what we like to do internally is we benchmark at about one dollar per click. Um, and that's a click to your website or perhaps messenger, whatever the, the outbound place that you're spending ads on. Mm-hmm. Now, in some cases, you might get really cheap ads. It could be $0.50 cents a click, it could be $0.20 cents a click. If you're listening and you're outside of the United States, uh, it tends to be a little bit cheaper because people aren't advertised to as often, although we have someone in San Diego who's getting like $0.30 cent clicks right now. Mm. Uh, but th- that's kind where of to, where to start. Uh, making money and getting clients is a bit of a numbers game. Having a fundamental setup, having the messaging setup is great as well. But if you show a 100 of the perfect potential client your message, uh, perhaps 20 of them will investigate. And then of those 20, five will decide to make a purchase decision, something like that. And that's kind of what you have to think about. Not every single person who sees your ad is going to make a purchase decision. So... If you're the kind of person who's like, I really don't have a lot of money. If you're having to spend, let's say, less than $50 on Facebook, if like your budget's that, I would I would just be mindful that $50 in a month may get you one or two clients. I wouldn't expect a lot out of it just because of the numbers game. And mm-hmm. if you're saying, okay, I want to start really trying to get maybe in the 5 to 20 number of clients in a month, somewhere in that range looking at spending probably a few hundred dollars I'd say between a hundred and three hundred is, is where I like to tell people to spend money. And then if you're like a multi-therapist practice, um, you can call me as an agency. We can kind of help you fill some of those spots, but that's where I start recommending 300, and $500, uh, possibly even a thousand dollars a month. There's, mm-hmm. there's diminishing returns depending on the size of the city that you're in. But if you really want to like have enough money to Say I've really committed to this. That hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars in a month range is kind of that sweet spot to at least get started.
0: Mm-hmm. So, with with a Facebook ad, how how do you suggest a massage therapist target their Facebook ads? Are you suggesting geographical location? Are you suggesting a certain population that's expressed? an interest in whatever their interest that they post on Facebook? Where, where would you say that should go?
1: Yeah, there's there's a couple of ways to do this. So one I would say is if you have a website with pretty good SEO, you're getting lots of people coming to your site, there's probably money being left on the table and you want to set up a retargeting ad and you're exclusively sending ads to people who visit your website. I call these like Amazon ads or eBay ads. If you've been shopping online and you look at the thing and you come back to your Facebook and you see the ad for that, you can mm-hmm. set that up. It's just a a little bit of code that you add to your website that takes 10 minutes to set up, if not like 30 seconds. And that's the first place I would start if you're already getting a lot of website traffic. Now you're not advertising to strangers, you're advertising to people who have already seen you in one way, shape, or form. And mm-hmm. the next
0: level. Before you go to the next level, how would you define uh, a lot of website traffic? Wh- what what would that look like for you? So for me, the the bare minimum is the bare minimum of an audience you can send
1: ads to on Facebook is twenty people. Okay. Um, one thing one thing I'll say is you can set this up if you don't have a lot, and I'll get to the number um, because Facebook literally will not spend the money if you only had if only like fifty people visit your website in a month, even if you say, hey, spend a hundred dollars here it'll Mm -hmm. probably only spend like 20 bucks of that in the entire month because there just aren't that many people to advertise to in that audience. Right. Uh, But I would say if you're seeing website traffic, at least in, the hundreds. That is definitely a really good candidate that retargeting will be worth it. But even if it's less than that, again, Facebook won't actually spend the money if the audience isn't big enough and isn't there.
0: Right, right, right. Cool. Sorry, I cut you off on that.
1: Yeah, no worries. So the next step, you know, that's the retargeting. That's all warm stuff. The next stuff going out into cold audiences. It depends a little bit on maybe what modality you're, you're trying to choose here. One of the questions you think is: is this is this massage something that anyone could
2: use. Mm -hmm. And a
1: lot of times people might say yes, but I I want them to, to really think about it between the context of like, who's their ideal client they want to attract and who might this be for. So in the spa space, although this could be open to anyone, we might be targeting a little bit more often to women who are spending more money in this industry. We might be targeting across genders, but now we're specifically targeting by event. So there's an upcoming birthday or an upcoming anniversary and we're pushing maybe like a high end package as a as a gift for someone. And if it's something that truly anyone could be a good fit for, and I know this can be hard for some people, then essentially what's happening is your ad is doing all the work in smaller towns as well, where it's kind of hard to target a specific kind of person then the actual text of your ad is the thing that's doing all the work for you where someone's reading it and making a decision. Yes, this is for me. No, this is not for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, On the pain management side, there are a couple of options where you can target with like pain relief and things like that where people might be buying. One of the ninja tricks that you can do, if you if you've got the budget to run ads for say multiple months, uh, ideally your ads are profitable. Facebook has a feature called a lookalike audience, where you can say, hey, go find more people like this. Mm-hmm. So uh, an approach we use a lot of times with local businesses, where it can be very hard to target someone. We say, okay, we we can't dial this down specifically enough. We're just going to say men 25 to 50. That's the best targeting we can get. We're going to write a really specific. Ad. We're gonna let that run for several days, several weeks, and if it's going to, let's say, a specific website, we can now say, "Hey, Facebook, find more people like the people who visited this website." Mm-hmm. And now we adjust the targeting to this lookalike audience, and the ads perform a lot better. I will say the the algorithm's pretty smart. You know, we're working with someone right now in Canada where what they're like their targeting is very very difficult, and so we just kind of said, "Okay, no targeting. We're gonna let the ads ads run." They're a little expensive the first couple days, and then Facebook kind of figured it out. And now things have gotten cheaper as Facebook's out there searching for those people who are going to take the action that we want. Just expect like, you know, the first week or something might be really expensive. No results where Facebook's trying to figure out, okay who are the people who are actually clicking, responding, whatever Mm -hmm. on this ad?
0: You mentioned that um, they're targeting. You can't really narrow it down very well. How come? Like what about their what about their niche target makes it difficult for you to do so?
1: So Facebook has a lot of interest and hobby targeting, for example. So I'll, I'll use one example that's outside of massage, talking about people who um some specific care within diabetes, and this can be something that I can't say, hey, Facebook, find people with diabetes. Right. I can maybe say, hey, find people who have shown interest in diabetic foundations, perhaps, gotcha. uh, but something like that just is really hard to find. But I can instead say, okay. Let's be really open, and the ad will be all about click here if you have diabetes, more or less, and Facebook will, will learn, okay, let's find more of these people who are clicking on this ad. Uh, we use the same approach for some of the pain management sometimes can be hard to target, um, but we just use very strong wording about if you're in pain, if you're suffering from these types of pain, we have the solution for you. And that can work really well on an open targeting.
0: Give us an idea of, um, how to read our stats and when should we push forward with ads, double down, and when should we pull them off?
1: Okay. I would do, I'll try to do this in a way that's, that's the the easiest, especially if you're going to be listening to this. Um, one of the first things you want to learn how to use is the ads manager that is Facebook's professional tool for advertising. I'll do a shameless plug. I've got a, a mini course that I've made just like it's not this full big million dollar do this thing. If you want to know just how to use Facebook, how it makes sense in the context of the massage, learn where all the buttons are, learn the knobs, everything. Um, I've got a jumpstart program. It's designed to just teach you like what you need to know about Facebook in seven days or less. Um, that'll help you out a lot. Just people see me walking through and talking through a lot of these things. Mm -hmm. So when you're an ads manager, you can get a whole bunch of data coming back at you instead of, oh, I reached a thousand people and 200 engaged. You're going to get things like, what's the cost of someone clicking on your ad? That's an indicator of how well your ad is doing. The next is the percent of people clicking on your ad. If you've never done internet marketing before, you'd be surprised um, how... Insanely profitable and successful we've made campaigns with only one to 2% of people clicking on an ad. Um, mm-hmm. If you've got, you know, if you've got less than 1% of people who are seeing your ad clicking on it, then that's a sign that whatever you're putting out there, instead of, instead of saying bad, um, what is a better fit is what you're saying doesn't resonate to the people you're showing it to. Right. Um, and that's a, the best way to kind of describe that. So those are the two biggest things that I'm looking at. Uh, but I actually just had a phone call today with someone who her ads were a little bit off, but the bottom line is if you're profitable and like you put in, you put in 50 bucks and you got out a hundred, then you're on the right path. You might want to make some tweaks to see if you can increase the return that you're getting. But if you're spending money and you are making more than you spent, you're doing something right. And that's a sign you should double down, but double down slowly, Mm -hmm. uh, increase incrementally maybe by like 20%. If you're in the small range, if you're like, I spent five bucks and it was really profitable, you, then you can go like, I'll spend 10 bucks. You spent a 100 bucks and it was profitable. I'm not going to suggest you instantly go spend 200 bucks because Facebook doesn't scale like that. It's not that big of a flip of a switch. It just needs a little bit of time to grow and adjust.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Is there anything else about Facebook
1: that uh, you you wanted to know about? I think the other thing about Facebook is just be, be aware that while a lot of direct response is really, really great and it's one of the fastest ways to you know get clients this like, hey, here, buy this now, that you can also do a really good job of building a brand on Facebook. We've got a client we've been working with for a little over a year now. And I mean, the numbers kind of make sense no sense without context, but he, he's been... Making new videos. I think a video almost every week. Very, mm-hmm. very simple. Just here's a picture of him. Here's a massage example. Here's a time example. Here's me talking for two minutes about a self-massage that you can do if you're an office worker. What, he's been just doing one of these every week, every other week. And over time of using those as ads, one, we've gotten people to come in at full price with no offer, no nothing. They just see the ads And two, it's actually decreased the cost of advertising over time because we have this really big audience of people who already know the brand and those videos are costing literally fractions of a penny to show Mm -hmm. people. Like when I, when I log in, it says .001 to get someone to watch uh, a video for at least five or three seconds. Mm -hmm. So when you, when you, when you take that approach, when you, when you are building a brand, Uh, Just remember, like we can run direct response all day and that's great. It's going to help you increase your clients, but play the long game as well as the short game and go in and do the work of like, you know, this ad, I'm spending a little bit of money here. I probably won't see a client exactly from it, but it's going to have people know who I am and create a lasting impression over time.
0: Yeah, that's huge. Building that brand, because we know once we build that brand, it starts to build that trust. And once it builds that trust, it builds that loyalty. And that's where the conversions start to happen. We did talk about videos. Give us an idea about videos, because we know that essentially video is king on Facebook. That gets the most amount of viewership. What 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 would be some suggestions that you would have for therapists that are creating videos that not only to use in ads, but as just part of their their building their brand and appealing to their audience, give us an idea in terms of things like hey, how long should a video be what 's overkill that type of thing
1: yeah, absolutely uh, so one thing as like a pure marketer my my blanket statement is test everything yep. because there are you know we've had clients who were like really mad we're using stock images, and we would show them the numbers and say like our stock images outperform your images by by two x or something uh, yep. so. Always, you know, one always take things as the test, but I would say with video, go back to, okay, who am I trying to show video to? If your niche, your specialty, your pain management for athletes, then you might want to have a video that's talking about, here's what you can do to, I mean, don't go out of scope. Uh, here's some things that you can do to take care of to make sure that you're squatting effectively. Here's some self-massage you can do to help you train longer. Uh, here's some things that are going to help you get a goal. You know, don't create anything that's going to cause someone to hurt themselves, but you, as a practitioner, anytime you're a service provider, you have an amazing opportunity to literally just show someone exactly what you do mm-hmm. and that be enough for them to be like, well, they're the expert. I'm just going to pay them to do this for me. So just demonstrating A lot of people freak out about, I don't know what to make. I don't know what to say. Like step one should be document and demonstrate the stuff you're already doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Get an okay from a client. If you can't get an okay from a client, no one in the video is going to know that it's your sister, your brother, your best friend, your partner. Like they're not going to know who that is in that video or just put put a thing on Facebook. If you really need a person like, hey, I'll give you a free massage if I can record you. I promise you that you're going to get people. One thing is, you know, don't just know that attention is, is fast. You're not competing with other massage. You're competing with everything on Facebook. You're competing with people complaining about politics and those cute videos of soldiers surprising their family and like all of this stuff you're competing for that attention so the length isn't the thing that's super important as much as it's engaging gotcha um something i think that is important is the first like five seconds of your video really should be engaging it doesn't mean you have to like learn all this stuff about video editing but within five seconds someone's going to make a decision whether or not they want to keep watching And Mm -hmm. so you should try to have something right off the bat that's either visually interesting or if you're speaking, it gets straight to the point. You know, an example, you can see how people have shifted. If you watch movie movie trailers, if you watch them like on YouTube, a movie trailer can start really slow and build up to it. If you've ever been hit with a movie trailer ad on Facebook, you'll notice the first three seconds is like this high action, really cut fast clips a lot of times where they're saying like, here's what you're about to see. This is really awesome. Now stay and actually watch the rest of this one-minute video. Mm-hmm. So, got to be just engaging in the beginning in, in some way, shape, or form. And it thinks, okay, how can I do that? Um, if you're talking directly to the camera, um, hey, name of city. Today, I'm going to show you how to do blank. Hey, hey, Atlanta athletes. Today, I want to show you how to do this. People want to like put their logo and their intro and their brand and like screw that for a second. You can put it, if you have like iMovie, you can put it at the bottom of your screen. Just get to the thing that you're trying to say and worry about your plugs later. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I think it's important is try to always have a call to action. If you're unfamiliar with this term, you're telling someone to do something. So if you've watched, I don't know, if you've watched or listened to probably any piece of media at the end, the announcer, the person will say, thanks so much. Click here to do this. Or yep. I'll see you next week. Be sure to tune in again whatever, you're telling people. So it doesn't always have to be, and if you're suffering from this kind of pain, call me today and we can get it taken care of. It could be something as, hey, have you tried this massage before? Let me know down in the comments what you think. Hey, have you tried cupping before? Tag a friend to show them what cupping massage is actually like. Always tell people either literally when you speak it, when you overlay it in text, or in the caption of the video always be pushing people towards something.
0: Right on, right on. When it comes down to the production of things like video, how important do you feel is quality in terms of things like production are are people okay with amateur hour doing stuff straight from their phone or do you suggest hey you know what maybe you need something a little bit better where it's going to look a little glossier i call it shiny looks shiny looks very well produced because i'm under the belief that amateur hour can go viral very very fast just as well as something that's shiny and super produced yeah absolutely uh
1: social media is so absolutely forgiving on the quality. I would say the one thing they're not forgiving on is if sound is important, Agreed. they're not forgiving of bad sound. If you're like you could have your phone taking a video, but if you're twenty feet away from the camera, you don't have like a microphone plugged in, that video is not gonna do well. If people can't hear you. If you've got the budget for the produce shiny stuff or you want to throw that into the mix, that works really, really well. But I mean, like I'm assuming most people listening aren't a celebrity. But if you go watch other like celebrities, social media accounts, you're going to see that this quick moment of pulling out your phone, talking for a minute. Or whatever, a quick demonstration is enough. That if it's engaging to the people who you're trying to show it to, it'll do very well. Definitely. What other uh, What other
0: platforms do you want to give some information on?
1: Yeah, I think right now, and this is a place that I guess I wouldn't call myself a specialist, but because I'm buying ads on the platform as well, it's would say Instagram. Okay. I think Instagram right now is where Facebook was several years ago, in the sense that if you're if you have no money and you're trying to build a social media presence, Facebook 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 is not going to cut it for you if you're doing like just posting to your page. A lot of people are like, oh, people aren't seeing my posts. And it's like, just not designed that way anymore. It's just Mm -hmm. be happy, sad about it, whatever. If someone's not not liking your page, there's very little organic way. If you're not producing content that's insanely shareable, there's very little organic way for people to find you on Facebook now. But Instagram is uh, still an amazing place for organic growth. You've got a couple opportunities. Um, you've got hashtags. People are searching and don't just do hashtag massage therapist. Use the local. Figure out what people are talking about locally. If you wanna, like, tactically, how to do this? Just if you're not sure, just start with hashtag your city and search that. Go to the top post. There's like an eighty percent chance there's going to be a half dressed woman, but it's just not happening <laughs> so if you, especially if you're in a large city. Ninety uh, percent doesn't matter. Chance. Yeah, click on hers. Click on anyone's, and go look at their hashtags and see what they're doing. You know, there are things that are happening locally that you may or may not know about that your ideal clients searching for on Instagram. So hashtags are a super effective way to get found. Uh, another one, this can be automated. Um, you don't have to do it by person. But liking and commenting, I would say I would go to liking and following before I'd say commenting. It's really obvious when an a bot comments on an Instagram and yeah. the worst case scenario I've literally seen happen where someone posted a picture of like, this is my dog that died. And then the automatic comment bot's like, great post. And <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you look awful. And it's <laughs> obvious that what you're doing it is wrong. But having, you know, um, I forget the, the names of these things keep changing. But if you're just like automatic Instagram liker, automatic Instagram follower, what you can do is let's say there's a chiropractor in town. He's got a decent following on his Instagram. A lot of those people are probably qualified to be some of your clients. You have an Instagram bot that follows all of his people, and mm-hmm. now they see you. That's a matter of getting traffic. Not everyone's going to follow you back. Not everyone's going to look at your stuff. But that's a, a very, very cheap way, and you can do this by hand. Uh, so there's there's hashtags. There's, there's following and likes. Uh, the third one is the location. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is a cool one. This is like one of my favorite ninja ones that people aren't using. You can tag a location in every Instagram post. Most people put their true location. You know, if my address is 123 any street, they're going to tag it. But instead, and I think this is especially great for sports massage. Um, instead of tagging your location, why don't you tag the location where your clients are going to be? So if you Mm work with a lot of athletes, for example, people love taking selfies in the gym. It's just like a thing that we know that happens and you can go and. In every post, like make a list of all the gyms in your city or in a five mile radius. And every post tagged the location as the address of a different gym. Mm-hmm. Now when other people are going through those selfies, probably a lot of men trying to look at pictures of women's selfies, <laughs> honestly. But people are going through the location tags and they're going to see your post. And so one of them might be just straight up an ad. Instead of, a, instead of like a regular Instagram post, it could be your offer. It could be $29 sports massage, black background, big white text, and that's the whole post. But yep. now when people are searching, they can see that. And this can be done as well with, if you have a point of interest in your city, maybe not, if you're, maybe if you're seeing tourists, like if your client types are tourists, then you might want to tag a tourist attraction. But if like the city park is like super popular and you know lots of moms are taking pictures of their children and tagging the city park or whatever, start tagging your post as the city park. And now when they're looking through other photos, Oh, they're going to see your post in there as well and organically start to find you. So I think that's if I, if I, if I had no money and I'm trying to build my social media brand, I really can't spend anything. Instagram is the place where I would be really putting in a lot of energy, a lot of effort. And if you're, if you're ambitious and you're not super introverted or scared, DM people. Mm -hmm. If you know someone is your ideal client type. Um, and I think this, I think this is better for probably athletes because that's a that's a kind of person who's talking about something maybe if you're in some sort of you know in a general wellness maybe you're doing reiki something where someone who's doing yoga might be your ideal client because like pain management, it might be kind of weird to DM someone out of the blue if you're like in that sort of space. But someone who obviously could be a really good fit, don't be afraid to DM them. But you need to have a good offer. It could be a free massage. That's honestly the best offer. Mm-hmm. That's the best above all of them. Like here's a free 30 minute. I saw you on Instagram. I thought you could really benefit. Here's free 30 minutes or whatever. Don't be afraid to do that. Um, and I'm getting a lot, a lot of stuff here with Instagram. And like, I, I think the, the last cool Instagram thing that people can do is don't forget to take advantage of influencers. And an influencer isn't just Kim Kardashian. It doesn't have to be someone with millions and millions of followers. Uh, local influencers or micro-influencers are a thing. Uh, the food blogger in your town might have only 5,000 followers, but the, every single one of them might be from your town. And mm-hmm. that might be a person to reach out to and say, you know, you've know, you got a valuable skill. Like a massage is a very valuable skill. You can probably trade a free massage for an Instagram shout out. Or just say, like, hey, can we collab? Can we maybe do something and come up with some ideas like and take advantage of people who already have existing audiences? That would be your ideal client type.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm totally agreeing with you. I like the whole DM idea. I think most people get really shy about that kind of thing. But I I think what a big part of what a lot of you shy folk are missing out on the idea is a lot of people get on social media to be social. And so they are happy to engage you, you know, in direct messaging. You might feel creepy about it but they're happy to engage you in that so I think that's definitely a good idea and I I love the tagging I've, I think that's an awesome strategy tagging you know these uh, various locations that you know are getting uh, lots of action at I think it's a, a freaking fabulous idea man that's great yeah, if
1: you're if you're afraid of reaching out to someone what you can do is make the ask a little bit lower so if you're if you know that you do a lot with You know, I say athletes a lot because it's one of the easiest to really identify on Instagram. I'd have to like go through and think about all the different niches people might have. um, Mm -hmm. Maybe women's health, but if you've got all of that content on your page that applies to your client, it's not just hey buy for me, hey buy for me, but you've got real content. Something can get value from. Then you can say, hey, I found you on Instagram. I noticed that you were into X Y Z. I'm actually a local massage therapist and I post about ABC and thought you would really enjoy this. Here's like, I just wanted to connect. Let me know if this interests you, like whatever. And they're probably going to click, check out your stuff. They may or may not hit follow, whatever. It costs you nothing.
0: Exactly. And now you're reading. Exactly. Because in the massage world everyone always, you know, we're we're always going to say in-person word of mouth there's no replacement for it and I agree 100%. But let's extend this into online space. Online word of mouth is gold even if it's just being used to help build your brand, to build awareness to what you're doing, to increase your overall viewership. That's-
1: Absolutely. Like imagine the imagine the yoga instructor with a giant Facebook page or a giant Instagram page and then you do, a, you collab with her, you trade a free massage, whatever. And now she's posting to her 5,000, 10,000, whatever followers about what an amazing session she had. If she's just a yoga teacher, then how she discovered yoga assisted stretch or therapy through you. And now she's showing that to all of her people. Congratulations. You've got so much free exposure, so much word of mouth that you're now using, exactly like you said, now in the digital way, not Mm -hmm. just the the general, traditional, real world way.
0: Yeah, man. Give us some strategies for using things like Instagram stories and Instagram TV. Yeah.
1: So Instagram stories are about now and in the moment. And what you can do with Instagram stories is... Uh, something I haven't actually talked about at all this whole time. It's like one of the secret weapons that I think people aren't using is, is building a personal brand. Mm-hmm. Um, you can build like, I am hands of touch healing or whatever combination of the swords. Um, you know, that's like, that's your practice and this is what you do, but you can be, I'm Sarah Smith massage therapist. Mm-hmm. And this is what I got going on today. Instagram stories is a really cool way to be behind the scenes. So your posts are these very polished, you've thought about them Here's education, here's demonstration, whatever. But then you're like, this is Sarah Smith TV now. And you're saying like, hey, what's up, everyone? I got to tell you about this, whatever I had today. Maybe not necessarily about a client in case they're watching and it's going to like make them feel bad. But if like, hey, I got to tell you this cool story about this amazing session I had with a client today, blah, 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 blah. And then you're like vlogging from the grocery store of like, hey, by the way, I want to talk to you about this really, I love this coconut oil. Here's why. Whatever. You could, it could be anything. It's like your personal brand. It can be your thing in the story. And then it's temporary. If you're like worried and scared, like. In 24 hours, it's gone. You can just Mm -hmm. see how it works out
0: for you. I'm an absolutely fan because people, you know, your potential clients and your clients, to engage the people that you already have, they want to know about you. They want to understand you a little bit. They already like you and they're interested in you. That's a big part of the reason why they come back. So let's give them a little bit more. And I think a big scare with it, because we we have a digital uh, marketing course that we teach here. And every time we bring up these ideas, I always get some resistance. I don't, I'm a private person and I don't want my life online. And you don't have to have your life online, right? No one is saying post all your personal stuff and post your rants. As a matter of fact, don't post your ants, right? But we do want to have an insight as to what you are like, what makes you tick. And then the behind the scenes, as you were saying, so it gives us an idea of what your company culture is all about, which is super important because as a consumer, that, this gives me information on, hey, you're a real person, you know what? You're not just out to make some money off of me as a potential client, right? You're you're a real person. It it, it changes the ball game. I love it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it could be like things that you wouldn't even think are interesting, are, are good potential for um, Instagram stories, like changing the sheets and watching. Yes. The it's just like this thing that's probably super mundane to you. And you're just like showing people, people love watching the behind the scenes and also exactly. says, oh, this is a legitimate business. We we take care of making sure that the sheets are always clean. We're always using, t- like it has those things associated with it as well. It can be whatever, like you're at the gym. This is, I'm a massage therapist and this is what I have to do to take care of myself because being a massage therapist is very physically demanding and people don't think about it. Here's how, here's my self-care tip. Like whatever. Be, be a person. You can always control what you say. There are very big people online. Who, if you notice, they never show a picture of their family, yet they're always on social media, they're always online. You, Mm -hmm. at the end, you're, you're the director. You always have control of that final piece of what does, like, if you don't ever want people to know about your, if you're married or not, if you have kids or not, you don't have to bring that up. It can just be the all about you, the all about clients, all about massage show. It's, it's a hundred percent up to you.
0: Exactly. What, what's your opinion on, um, doing Instagram and Facebook? the same. So I've already seen this before with many different therapists or many different organizations where if you go to their Instagram account, it's actually almost identical to what I'm seeing on Facebook and vice versa. In your opinion, good idea, bad idea, what's the strategy behind it if it's a good and what's the strategy behind it if it's a bad?
1: I I wouldn't call it a good thing. I think it's important to have content native to a platform, but I think there's it It's kind of the same thing of like if you've ever studied business in school versus being a small business owner, like Mm -hmm. advice is very different at different levels. And so if you're if you're quite large, especially let's say you're like you're multi location where you have like very different people who are on Facebook versus on your Instagram, then create creating content native to that platform and those audiences. Or the subsets of your audience, I think, is super important. Honestly, if you're like, uh, if you're a solopreneur, because they're connected, I would just focus on one with the intent that it's designed for this platform, and it's okay to post the other one. Is it ideal? No, but I would, I would say that is better than nothing and doesn't have a net negative effect on your social media presence.
0: Mm-hmm. If the therapist that is looking to step into this digital space has to choose where they spend their time between Facebook and Instagram, where do you think they go?
1: If they have no money, I'm going to bet about 80% on Instagram because the first question is, again, is who's your ideal client? Because if, if we, cause now as we talk about personal branding, mm-hmm. there's, there's a new thing that's happening, especially in b2b space where you're using your personal profile as a source of marketing and advertising and i've actually uh when i work with when i worked with dentistry i knew someone i had interviewed him for a thing i was doing he was generating literally uh about 100 150 new patients a month in this big practice from personal branding there was mm. no business page he would just like post one would be Here's what I'm doing this weekend with my family. Here's a funny prank. I play it on my wife. And then here's a before and after picture of this amazing, beautiful thing in dentistry that I did. Mm-hmm. So you have the opportunity to literally like take all the stuff you put on Instagram, make it your profile, be a real person. This is very important. People miss this step. They think, okay. I'm going to cheat the Facebook algorithm and I'm going to be like hands of healing as a Facebook profile. Like no, be Sarah Smith, the be a person Sarah Smith. Just get rid of that line of personal and business. I understand there's some safety concerns with potentially like harassing clients. I get that that can happen, but I'm telling you, honestly, it happens on business page too. Unfortunately, they're just awful people out there sometimes, but Mm -hmm. be a person and then you can go, you can join Facebook groups that your ideal client might be in. There might be like Nashville fitness. Or there might be Nashville yoga or like whatever, and then you could be a person in that group, and now you're selling one to one instead of it being this business entity. so that's why I say if you want to keep the business the business image, Instagram is like more than likely the place to be, but if you're willing to take the leap into this personal brand space and say like this is me as a person, and I happen to be a massage there or. Better this is me as a person, I do this for people to solve their problem and it happens to be through massage, then Facebook I think is still one of the best ways to meet people. Groups are like where all the activity happens on Facebook nowadays. Get in a Mm -hmm. get in a group. Maybe make your own group. If if it's if there's a, a city big enough, that could be a place where now you have a group of people you can sell to whatever. It's you know, Atlanta pain management, and you're putting all your content in the group. And then reminding people, Hey, you can come pay me and come visit my practice. Right on. Any other platforms you want to riff on? Uh, and the only one that this is not one I I do a ton of, a ton of stuff in, uh, but I do just want to mention if you are corporate massage, you should be on LinkedIn because that Mm. is just, that is business to business sales. That is. You can spend money on ads on LinkedIn, but you can also direct message people. And that's a way where you can find HR HR manager of so-and-so and hit him with a direct message for free of, hey, this is who I am. And this is how it helps your employee, uh, your employees. And then I honestly, if in that case, I'd probably offer someone a free massage first. And then pitch them. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I saw I saw that you worked for Tires US. I love what you guys do. I'm a massage therapist in the area, and wanted to give back. I was wondering if I could give you a free 15 minute chair massage when you show up. Then pitch them of uh, this is how this can help your business. Um, so mm. that, that's really specific though. To if you're in that, that B2B like corporate massage, or if your ideal client is like a business person, you know, like like you specifically work with high-level CEOs to help manage their stress through therapeutic techniques or something, then maybe LinkedIn would be a good place for you as well.
0: What did I read, or maybe I'm completely wrong, that like LinkedIn's visibility, like your stuff when you post it on LinkedIn, is like crazy even compared to things like Facebook or Instagram. Or did I imagine that?
1: No, I, I can't tell you the exact number, but it's significantly higher. percent-wise. Like, percent like wise, organic so. stuff. The people, yeah, the people you'll reach on LinkedIn... Than it is on than on Facebook right now, and you just have to you know you're making content native to that that platform. Uh, the people who are on LinkedIn are on LinkedIn all the time, and yes. you've got to think about what do they want, what do they want to see. Maybe it's lots of facts about how massage is great for you, or you could just honestly, you could just say like, "Hey, screw your employees. Like, this is great for you. This is why it's going to make you a better CEO, a better manager, whatever." If that's the kind of client
0: you want to bring in, right on, right on. So, give us some tips then on if you're the therapist and you already have all of these platforms set up. You have your Facebook personal page, business page. You have your Instagram personal business. You have your Twitter. You have your. We didn't even talk about Twitter. You have your LinkedIn. Give an idea of how we should go now and audit our own accounts to see where what what should we be looking for when we're auditing our own accounts to figure out our next moves.
1: I think when you're auditing yourself to see what you have, uh, a good question would be: Does my ideal client care about this, even if they've never heard of me? Mm-hmm. And that- isn't necessarily every single piece of content because you're going to have a mix of people who already know you people who already don't know you um we do stuff where we barely mention massage we just talk about how awesome the therapist is as a person and that has generated new clients that's one place to start the next one is is it abundantly clear the value that i provide to this person whether it's your instagram title the you know facebook as a personal profile has like that little space where you can write a little blurb about yourself your link like whatever is it a abund- clear this is the value that i provide being a massage therapist i think is not enough of a title and when you're when you're thinking about this space um it, it you don't have to like make up a fancy title you could be pain relief specialist or it could be in the sense of i help blank achieve blank i think is a really mm-hmm. really good format i help women i help women achieve their health and wellness goals through body work and mixed energy modal, like whatever I'm, yeah, that coming to this right now, but that sort of approach. And then three, you know, do the strangers care? Is it abundantly obvious what you value provide? And then is it really easy to like get in contact with? Don't mess mm-hmm. that one up where like every couple of posts should probably have a phone number or a website. Make sure like your website or phone number are like really clear across the top of all the things. Just let people know when it's time to make a purchase decision where they can go and and contact you. And the, the last one I think is a, a we call an advanced level tip is don't count out the power of having a list. And I mostly mean this in the context of an email list, but that could be, I, I would kind of count your Instagram followers as a list as well or your LinkedIn connections potentially as a list. Basically, if someone isn't going to buy from you right now, find a way to have their contact information to mm-hmm. get more messages in front of them. Uh, you know, if you can avoid it, like if you're paying for ads, don't pay twice to try and get someone just like you paid once, they're on your email list, they're following you. Uh, We didn't even talk about chat bots and all that stuff, Uh, but now you can send them free marketing messages. So capture more of all that traffic already coming into you. So if they don't buy today, You've got them there to buy tomorrow.
0: Right on, man. Right on. I dig it. I totally dig it. So before we wrap this up, because I don't want to keep you too long, but I do want to have you back on and talk about a whole bunch of other things in, in super detail, because you, my man, have some great, great information. A therapist that is running their own business, they're a sole proprietor, they're doing everything themselves, how much time should they set aside to work the social media?
1: If you're doing everything yourself, kind of assess where you're at in terms of in terms of need, like how badly do you need new clients? How many new clients do you need? Uh, But I would set aside, like, I would say if you can batch your content, if you're not doing a personal brand approach where it makes sense to like be on every day, take maybe three hours. It could take a little bit more if you've never done this before. It could take a little bit less if you're really good at it. And whether it's spread out across the week or it's like, okay, on Monday for three hours, I plan out all my content, even better if you can create all your content in that one one day and schedule it all out to spread out. If you get really good at this, you can make like almost, you can, if not make, you can plan like a month's worth of content in like one day. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just, as you get better at it, you will start to need a little bit less time
0: give us uh give us some information on the differences between creating content and curating content
1: yeah so creating content is all i want to say i guess i would say original you can create content that's a, a remix in the sense that there are a lot of really popular like comedians that they just comment on things that already exist. So that is Mm -hmm. a form of of creation. So you could, you know, if you're really plugged into like the athletic community and some famous, some weird thing happens in CrossFit, you can respond to it as a therapist, how you think this is going to affect people. That could be a content creation. But curation is, uh, I was just saying this to someone yesterday, curation is where you're using other content that already exists. And you might think, uh, I don't want to do this. I do want to do this. Uh, always find a way to link it back to yourself. Uh, it could be, hey, I found this really cool video. You should check this out. Um, but when you're curating content, you're the DJ and you are you didn't create any of these songs, but you're the one who decided this is the best combination of stuff that you should check out that's gonna have a positive impact on your life. And it's a great way that when you can't think of stuff to fill in the gaps. Like just if you look up content calendar, like you're going to find a, a ton of non-massage specific stuff that you can just fill in. Like Motivation Monday is like a giveaway to fill in the gaps. And you just find a quote with a picture on it. You can remake it because quotes like you can just remake a quote with a random stock photo you find and put your logo on it. Or you can just grab one that already exists with some other person's website. Hopefully not a massage therapist. And just like, mm-hmm. cool, there's, there's your freebie post. Um, you see some other people who are doing something cool that your audience could benefit from. Just grab it put it on your stuff, make sure it's linked back to the original owner. And right help. on,
0: right on, brother. I dig it, man. I dig it. Thanks for thanks for all this info. Like I said, I definitely want to have you on again because this is a conversation that can go on and on and on. This is a non non ending. Before we run off, though, you spoke a little bit about your jumpstart program and some of the stuff that you do. Let's make sure everybody knows how to get in contact with you. So if you can give everyone that information, that'd be great.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So there's exactly two things that I want everyone to check out. Number one, if you enjoyed this conversation and you want to learn more stuff about not only marketing fundamentals, but how to attract and reach your ideal clients in the digital world and online, I have a free Facebook group. It's called Digital Marketing for Massage Entrepreneurs. It's a huge mouthful. So if you want the fast way, just go to massagemarketinggroup.com. It'll take you directly to the Facebook group. And then number two, if you want to know how to get started with Facebook in seven days or less, you're not trying to learn every single nook and cranny. You just want to know enough that you feel comfortable and you can launch your first ad to start getting some clients. I have a program called Jumpstart that'll do just that. You can find it at lmtgrowth.com slash get started, lmtgrowth.com slash get started. And there I'm going to take you through a couple modules, show you step by step and explain more in depth, some of the things we did here and go give you the foundations that you need to be able to go and finally start creating some profitable Facebook ads.
0: Right on brother. And you are also available for um, therapists to be clients of yours, right? Yeah, absolutely. So if you
1: are a therapist who has multiple employees, I think it's going to be the best fit. Um, We do work with people who have, it's just themselves, but we tend to find that The work we do works best with someone who has a dedicated front desk more than anything, no matter what niche modality. If you have a front desk, um, even if you're a solo person with a virtual front desk as well, actually, it would be a really good fit. And we can actually go in and do all the advertising for you if you want to check that out, if you want to hop on a call. Um, you I actually didn't set up the website for that. So the easiest way is to just send me an email, uh, dj at lmtgrowth.co. Uh, co dj at lmtgrowth.co, send me an email, tell me you found me on the podcast, and we'll hop on a call, give you the strategy that you need and talk about how you can go do it by yourself or what we can do and implement on it together.
0: Right on, right on. Thanks for hanging, brother. I really appreciate this. I think our, our listeners are, are going to eat this up. I totally dig it, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's been a pleasure to
2: be here. Cool.
0: Well, you guys have been listening to two Massage Therapist and a Microphone. My name is Mark. Peace.